Hi there, and welcome to Insights Track, our weekly podcast bringing you the latest news, trends, and insights in the world of marketing and advertising as we all respond to the changes that COVID-19 is making to our lives, our jobs, and our businesses around the world. I'm joined by Rob Jones, MIQ's VP of Research and Insights, and John Golding, our Global Strategy Director. Uh, Today, we're going to take a look at the world of consumer packaged goods and how brands in that space are faring. To start off, Rob, I guess at a a general level, what is the current situation for retailers, both online and offline? Yeah, thanks, Will. Uh, What we've seen has been somewhat understandable over the last few weeks, where we've seen a decrease in foot traffic to most retail stores as consumers are being asked to self-isolate or to stay inside, practice social distancing. And as those stores are being closed in many states uh, and countries for safety concerns, at the same time, we're also seeing an uptick in online shopping habits uh, where people are starting to buy groceries online at a much higher rate, starting to go online to buy products that they haven't previously purchased before. John, if I can bring you in here, it's a particularly challenging time for businesses that rely on offline bricks and mortar sales, right? I think it is, but I think it's challenging for everyone. Um, And just to sort of back up on that, you know, I think buying groceries right now is a stressful experience for everyone. So if you're going in store, first of all, there's just the general kind of fear uh, of leaving your home for the first time in a week. And then when you get there, the the fear that what you want to buy isn't going to be in stock. And our friends at RSI indicate that stock levels are on average around 60% lower than normal. Um, And as a result, what we're seeing, Rob mentioned the the place analysis, what we're seeing is that people as well are just trying to get in and out of the store um, and do do their shop as quickly as possible. So I think in general, the, the number of people who spend more than 30 minutes on their shop has halved. Um, in the last couple of weeks. So I think the online shop is challenging for the consumer. And, you know, as a result, I think uh, it's also challenging for the for the retailers. They're trying to obviously manage their stock levels. And I think consumer goods companies, first and foremost, will be working with their retail partners to try and fix the, the flaws in that in-store process. In terms of the opportunity for, for marketers, if we think about food and hygiene products, aren't these on these products that at times like this are just selling themselves? Yeah, it hasn't hit all products equally. Uh, While certainly we've seen a massive increase in demand for food products and hygiene products like toilet paper, and anyone who's had to go shopping in the U.S. to buy toilet paper, paper towels over the past two weeks has had to deal with that complete disaster right now. Uh, But at the same time, we've seen that a lot of products like health and beauty products aren't seeing the same purchase interest. So if you look at uh, beauty and skincare products, we've actually seen a 28% dip over the past uh, over the past three weeks uh, as people have just either stocked up on those completely ahead of time or just been less interested. Yeah, and I think the, the other thing that seems really front of mind for me is there are going to be some product lines which are completely sold out and therefore marketing makes no sense. But I think for the majority of lines, it's more just a supply chain consistency issue. And... Um, for consumers who are going into stores doing a quick shop and their favorite brand is out of stock, they're going to grab the thing that's on the shelf that's front of mind. And that might be the ad that they last saw on TV or online. And so as much as I hate to talk about opportunity at a time like this, I think there is a palpable opportunity for consumers to try your product for the first time ever. Um, and, and that's something that companies might want to jump on. It also speaks to changing values. I mean, after 2008, when we had the recession in the United States, we saw a general shift in value among consumers to more of a a price-focused model 
uh, with a lower reliance and a lower interest in luxury goods uh, and higher end commodities as it relates to the CPG space. And we're likely to start seeing that again. And we'll see, and likewise on the advertiser side, we'll see some of those same changes as advertisers shift from some, from models that are more engagement focused to likely something that's much more cost per acquisition focused, much more performance based. The, the final thing I'll speak to on this topic is this sort of potential for disruption is is really high right now. And especially I think when you consider companies that are vertically integrated, direct to consumer companies who can probably manage the consumer experience more holistically right now, um, they've got a huge opportunity as well to steal market share. If I think about say an odd box in the UK or public goods in the US, um, you can go onto public goods right now and you can buy toilet roll and it'll be with you in two days. Um, and that's probably something which consumers are gonna start trying for the first time as well. Yeah, that first time thing is interesting as well. What we started looking at when we were doing the analysis is not just interest in buying consumer packaged goods online, but also who's doing it, looking at the age groups. And while the majority of buyers are still in that younger 18 to 34 demographic, we're seeing the largest gains among people 45 plus. Uh, Online grocery shopping is up 20% over the last three weeks among people 55 plus. It's up 30% among people 65 plus. And I think we're really seeing a lot of older shoppers start to make their first online grocery orders. I think that's behavior that's, that they're going to continue to have after the, uh, the pandemic is over or after things have calmed down. Before the pandemic, before the massive disruption, uh, e-commerce spending for groceries about, was looking to account for about 5% of total sales in 2020. Now we figure that number is going to jump to 11%. We've touched on this issue um, a little already that you can only shift stock that's there to be shifted. Um, it's primarily a supply chain and logistics issue, but can marketers step in and, and help with uh, that decision-making, John? I think there are, there are things that, that advertisers can do to help the situation or at least um, sort of do damage limitation. Um, there are a, quite a few companies now which help brands to understand in near real time what are the products which are likely to be out of stock in a given store and therefore, should they not be advertising around those stores? And uh, you know, given the opportunity to both steer your budgets towards stores where your products are in stock, and maybe even start tailoring your creative uh, to actually direct consumers to the right stores where they'll have a better experience because what they're looking for is is on the shelves. Um, I think those are really helpful things that brands can do right now, both from an internal logistics perspective and from a consumer experience perspective. Yeah, and certainly even from online, from an online stock perspective, we've seen advertisers and we've worked with advertisers in the past who have tailored their online creative to represent what's available in stock, not just from an in-store standpoint, but an online standpoint and making sure that they connect, that you connect those databases in a way that you can make sure that you're not advertising products that will be out of stock when someone goes to order, I think is a, an easy win for advertisers right now. Another interesting point that uh, I think it's important to touch on is, do you think that, uh, that every uh, size of, of business is, is faced with the same challenges? Do, do the, the big supermarket retailers face the same challenges as smaller retailers? That's a really interesting question. It's, uh, a lot of it has to do with uh, density, population density, and the dynamics of urban centers versus suburban areas. We've certainly seen that smaller stores and convenience stores have had less of an impact as it relates to foot traffic. They've seen less of a decline in foot traffic than larger grocery stores. Some of that is also just because of where they're situated. You tend to see smaller grocery stores and more convenience stores in urban areas where people are able to make 
more trips and more short trips. And I think that those stores are more supportive of the fewer than 30 minute shopping trip model. Uh, whereas for larger grocery stores, you're going to see those more in suburban areas in the United States, also in Canada, uh, more in, in areas that are less densely populated, where you're going to see the largest declines as people are less likely to be in a large supermarket around many, many other people shopping at the same time. When we start thinking about how these changes will stick after the crisis has ended, what are the, the long-term trends that you, you think will kind of remain in place that advertisers need to, to prepare for that, you know, that this isn't going to be just for the next three, six months. This is going to be something that continues into, into the decade. I mean, I think a lot of consumer goods companies were already thinking about e-commerce in one way or another. Um, I think uh, they're probably just going to double down on those intentions now because the opportunity um, to sort of completely own the sort of vertical flow from manufacture to, to retail uh, and manage the consumer experience throughout that, I think is just so precious now. And I wouldn't be surprised if people were looking at China first as a market that is just coming out of this and where we're already seeing the kind of digital footprint of, of the last few months remain with consumers and then wanting to continue online habits that they picked up. Um, so I think, I think you know, brands should be just investing more into e-commerce experiments over the coming months. Do you think more brands are going to take on a D2C model in the next few months? Or do you think that that's too much of an ask for larger businesses that haven't already built out that infrastructure? I think partnership might be the, you know, the most common methodology to sort of partner with um, a retailer that they can create a really integrated experience with, but also really large portfolio companies might consider that they, they offer enough selection that someone might go direct. Yeah, that's fair. I think a big thing that we're going to see is just those changes in habits among older consumers people buying things online for the first time that they've never bought online and realizing that that experience is not as painful as they imagined. I think that's going to be eye-opening for a lot of people. If we're still, if we're still dealing with social distancing by the time back to school shopping starts happening uh, in late July, early August, I think that's where you're going to see a lot of clothes shopping happening for the first time among uh, grandparents and older parents who are suddenly going to realize, oh, this is actually much better than going into a physical store. Uh, or trying to fight over, or trying to visit several stores uh, to find what I'm looking for. And I think that's going to end up leading to longer term shifts as well, where just people get more comfortable with the idea that everything can be bought online, everything can be shipped, and can be delivered in a relatively short time frame. The only counterpoint to that is that the, only, the online experience is really bad right now. So whereas you're used to getting one day or two day delivery, right now you're getting maybe in two weeks delivery, whereas you're used to sort of just going on and booking a, an online shop slot. In the UK, I think you're sat behind 200,000 people to order an Ocado shop right now. So people trying this for the first time might not love it. That's a great point. And it's to that same point, we've seen that while online shopping is up among older consumers right now, we've seen you know that 20% increase in P55 plus buying groceries online now. It's actually down slightly among younger shoppers who I think are just looking for a reason to get out of their homes and, and get us an experience that's slightly better. Because to your point, if you're used to shopping online all the time, yeah, now is not a great time to be doing it from a when am I going to get my stuff standpoint. We've already talked about the fact that we don't want to come across as opportunistic during these times, but what, what practical advice or steps can brands be taking to, to message at the moment to 
to be compassionate, but also to make sure that their products are front of mind. Yeah, I mean, I think sort of the research from the IEB indicates that a lot of brands just in general are thinking more about mission-based and cause-based advertising. And so I think for any brand who's got a really strong um, identity around a cause or a mission, um, it's great to to get that out there and, and, and double down on that through um, you know, charitable initiatives, et cetera. And I think what we've certainly seen is in the beverage sector, you know, a, a lot of beer advertisers like Budweiser, uh, like Miller, um, uh, you know, jumping on a cause that they think is authentic to them um, and that supports the the bars and restaurants that have supported them for a long time. Uh, and I think that's, I think that's a great thing to do right now. Um, uh, and also we've seen that from retailers as well. And I think Walmart's Heroes campaign is just certainly from my perspective, a really lovely recognition of the amount of effort and sacrifice that goes in from their hundreds of thousands of workers in, in stores. Yeah, that's a great point. And there's been some great work done around uh, what messaging should look like at this point, how to avoid being appearing opportunistic or overly cheesy. I think I think there's a lot to consider from an advertiser standpoint about you know, making sure that you're aligning with consumer priorities. So going back to that piece, we've seen an uptick in interest and demand for online groceries and toilet paper and, you know, daily essentials, not so much for the lesser essentials. And so if you're a brand trying to decide whether it's the right time, you know, there's a, there's a legitimate question to have there. If you're a non-essential product that just something people don't need right now, or just doesn't align messaging wise with where people are currently at. So Rob, um, what what are advertisers doing? What trends are you seeing in the market at the moment? Well, so something that we've seen, and this has been uh, this was this has been something that we've also seen from our partners at Advertiser Perceptions, is that we've seen a lot of advertisers now holding back campaigns from launching, adjusting their media spends, stopping or pulling campaigns. It certainly makes a lot of sense with foot traffic down, stores closing, people being advised to stay home. Uh, we've also seen about a third of ca- of advertisers completely cancel campaigns pre-launch as they reevaluate their strategies. Um, None of that's particularly surprising, but it does mean that there's a lot up in the air right now with regard to how advertisers are going to address this. And one of the areas that we've seen some of the biggest changes or some of the largest pulls has been in digital media. And there are a few reasons for that. I think one of them is that it's easier to pull your digital spend and adjust it. It's a much faster format to work in. And so I think we're seeing advertisers where they can trying to be agile and react to this uh, in a way that allows them to sh- to shift their messaging and refocus their priorities. The other thing too is that it's important to note that this isn't going to be over right away. I mean, even the advertiser perceptions research looking at advertisers over the next year, you know, more than two thirds of advertisers expect COVID nineteen to result in reduced ad spend, even going into twenty twenty one. This isn't an issue that's going to be resolved immediately, and it's going to have a long term impact on both consumer and advertiser behavior. It's going to change the supply landscape potentially in a fairly permanent way as well, um, and and maybe uh, brands can relook at how they effectively reach an audience, which I think um, is is rapidly changing too. So, uh, just the sheer shifts in audience volumes in different channels, and also frankly the the CPM shifts as availability and demand fluctuate, means that probably your your models that you designed a couple of months ago on how to effectively reach an audience need refreshing almost weekly right now um, in order to make sure you're doing the right decisions and using your reduced spend as effectively as possible. 
Yeah, not to mention brand safety. We talked about that last week, but I'll reiterate it. There's a lot of new there's a lot of new supply out there around health content, around business content. But if you're not interested in being around COVID-19 concerns, if you're not interested in being around people looking for news about the outbreak and about the death toll, if you're not interested in um, being around financial information about the market going down, then as a brand, that new supply isn't necessarily going to be an opportunity for you. Um, that said, there are plenty of brands that do want to be around that content right now. On the political side, there's and, and even on the financial services side, there's a lot of interest in being around that content where you can speak directly to consumer concerns uh, in the market right now. Thank you both very much for sharing your thoughts. Uh, that's it for this week's Insights Track. Uh, thank you for listening. We hope you're staying safe and that you'll join us again next week. Great stuff. Man.